Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you're insurgency me up, man. in their lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. You know, there's a DC Universe Legos that has all of them. Yeah, I that. No, I was talking about the new Lego movie about Batman. No, is it good? Does the same I'm... guy plays it? <laughs> yeah. He did an epic job. Call him the dogs. <laughs> Listen to him bark. <laughs> oh, you got to hand it to the people who make that movie, man. They they throw in the snid bits for the adults, right, to get a little humor out yeah. of it. Yeah. Guys, they want to party in the hairy, the hairy one was a dude. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The sin bin? <laughs> oh, dude. Wait, wait, wait. We have to save everybody. Uh, head spins around. <laughs> God, I wish I could make my head spin around like that while I was making that noise. That just explains the the entire mood you're in it's right there. Just, yeah, ex- absolutely. <laughs> Jesus, woman. I was telling you that I uh, found Exos. Is that my Yeti? Yeah, I found the dishwasher. Where's the handle? Possession's nine-tenths of the law. It did have that orange handle on it, didn't it? Did you wash that with it? I never take it off. I did. No, I, I didn't take that. I'll look for it when we get downstairs. That's right. That thing what, it did have that bat, that cool handle. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> God. Uh, I can't tell you how excited I am to have you out on the mic today. What up? <laughs> I'm blessed, honored to have my brother sitting beside me on the on the other microphone. Ruts out, still on vacation, so my brother's filling in. And I got to tell you, we're looking forward to uh, our next guest when she comes on, man, because she's just in the beginning stages of her life, and she's achieved so much, and and Mojo and I were kind of going back and forth of, of what we were doing at that age, man. And it's, uh, it, she's actually done more in 19 years than we've done collectively. Try not to think about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me down. I know, right? It's one of those triple achievers where you run across some people that have done some stuff. I mean, God, like I was in that, in a class one time and the guy teaching it, it was a medical class and he had, he had naval aviator wings, uh, his neural doctor Oakley's on and, and a seal trident. He's an F-18 pilot. No, seal in Vietnam. Got tired of doing that. Became an F-18 pilot. Tired of doing that. Now he's a neurosurgeon. What a loser. <laughs> Must have had a horrible home life. Oh, God almighty. Yeah. Definitely did not have a girlfriend. Hey, well, uh, so we had a buddy that turned, how old, how old was, how old did he turn? How old was he? 42? 43, three, yeah. He's one of our elders. My, how far we've come. Do you think about where we're sitting right now and things that we're doing compared to when we were kids? That's crazy, right? On a Saturday night. 
Yeah. So it's Saturday. So Saturday night, I went to bed at eight thirty because I have a newborn. I go I go down around that time, and I don't have a newborn. I mean, we were just getting started at the time we go to bed now. And I remember back then when you'd see it when my mom and dad go to bed, like, man, it's early. What are you going to bed for, man? Of course, I get up at three, which I do now too. But I was thinking about this the other day, man. When every generation says that every generation is different or they got to deal with something that's harder than, than the prior generation. And that's uh-huh. actually true for this one, man, because of technology, right? I mean, can you imagine if we had cell phones and cameras back in, in the day when we were? No, touring? absolutely not. Stop, just stop talking right yeah. there. No, I, no, no, bad I idea. Bring that up. I was trying to think back when I was like, when we were 18, 19, 20 years old. What, what was going on? I, freshman year in college. I want to say freshman. We'd been in college for two, two years. <laughs> we'd, we'd been in college for two years. But freshman, we years. Freshmen. freshman years. Freshman years. Freshman years. I was actively going to bed at five o'clock in the morning and getting up at two in the afternoon, making right. a conscious effort not to go to class. I, I remember walking. Broke. Oh, man. Broke. I was telling Melody the story the other day when we were out in that parking lot. Broke. <laughs> Scrapping for change in the parking lot. Thirty-two cents. Thirty-two falling out of people's cars. So we go. Did you ever hear this story? So we go to Long John Silver. Mark's and I were so poor (laughs) in college when we we out of the nest, right? Had to use everything to pay for school. We walked around the parking lots of Sam Houston State University looking for change for thirty-two cents to buy three hush puppies for dinner at Long John Silver's. It was the cheapest thing on the menu: three hush puppies for thirty-two cents. (laughs) Those are badass hush puppies. Man, ten they cent, were good. Ten, ten ah, cents a piece. Dog. Yeah, man, that was good times, dude. Sophomore years? No, it was freshman history. Wasn't it? God damn, we were poor. So, like four years. For not having any idea why I was in college, why we were in college, and what the meaning of life was. Yeah, I, when we strapped up with, of course, all of our, but the good thing about where we went to school, man, is everybody, our crew that we grew up with, everybody kind of went up there as well. I mean, some guys went off to other universities, but the bulk of us went uh, to the Sam Houston State Unit. That's right. Called the Row. <laughs> Bearcat. You know what a Bearcat is? Neither do I. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. That's how you know it's good. Because he's orange and white. <laughs> but imagine, imagine. If we did have cell phones, if everybody around us had cell phones, and previously to what uh, our nights would run together, I mean, something that happened the night before, man, it'd show up again the next night, right? Ready for, for a redo kind of deal. And I mean, we had a blast, dude, but some of the stuff, yeah, definitely. I tell you what, if there were cell phones back in them days, people wouldn't be on the other side of this microphone. <laughs> 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 but it did make us the men we are today, though. Yeah. Blast with that, man. Trial by fire. Yeah. We did all that through our friends. I mean, you kind of, one of those deals, and we were talking, everyone knew where everybody was at. If one of the parents wanted to find one one of our, the guys in our crew, man, if you knew where one was, you knew where the rest of us were. We always had those rally up points. And if you did mess up, man, it was kind of concealed or, or just in your area. Even if you really messed up, didn't make it outside of your town, really. This day and age, man, with the guests we got coming on, I'm, anything and everything they do is posted globally. The kids these days do have an added pressure, man. They have to, I mean, they're going to school to learn. It used to be we went to, to learn just to compete against the people maybe in our town, in our state, in the city, whatever it is. I mean, these kids are going to school, and they got to compete with everybody. You can grab a resume from anywhere. So Yeah, that is a good point. I think I'll that resumes go worldwide now. You just yeah. got to put them on. And, anyway, yep. back when, uh, when we got back from Ramadi, man, and I, I switched out, and you crossed over the dark side and kept carrying the line, I... uh Man, dude, 
I got a chance to meet our, our next guest, or actually her family. And right before everything kind of shotgunned out and took off for them, I mean, they were still doing Duck Commander. Uh, just just the show, man. I ran across them at, at SHOT Show. He's sitting at a table. Him and Corey, man, walked up, and they're just the nicest people, man, that the, what, that I had met up till then and, and still close friends with him. Sadie was young. I, I, I'd actually never met her in, until, I don't know, we'd been friends with him for a while, actually. But to watch her grow up behind that camera but then they kind of know about doing cameos on duck dynasty but it it grew exponentially from there her next did she go she went from duck dynasty to dancing with the stars yeah i'm almost sure i mean she that's how that worked seven yeah she was 17 right so catapulted into just the demographic that loves duck dynasty into dancing with the stars finalist on season 19 dancing with the stars congratulations on that then her big her Heart and passion revolves around her mission work. Man, that is a, that's a great point because at, at her age, with her I, social at, status, at nineteen, what were we doing? I wasn't drinking yet. You were. I was looking after you. <laughs> <laughs> You're the older brother, man. Was busy, that was your fault. I, I was busy pulling my my baby brother out of the gutter, throwing up. And, uh, all right, that that Dave Robertson's <laughs> doing mission work in Zimbabwe. <laughs> so. From her mission work, now she's into public speaking, acting, books, and her last thing was winter. Winter jam. Winter jam. I mean, it kind of find out one of her biggest fears is public speaking, and her mom and daddy gave her the confidence she needed to overcome that adversity. Having that entire family in that world, man, just bringing her into it, and you kind of know the behind the scenes of of, of how she does it, and, and the the way she carries herself, and what she's accomplished, man. It's just just unbelievable. I tell you, now that now that we got kids, you kind of look look over at other parents and see how they're raising the kids in the world that ours are coming up in. And this, this is a prime example of how to do it, man. Yeah, they need to write a book. <laughs> Another one. Another one. But I've been fired up to get her on here, man, because obviously we got a, I got a son the same age, and, and I know a lot of kids out there listening to this podcast. And having her on here lends a perspective that you and I, you know, we couldn't – give that younger generation yeah, so no, I'm excited absolutely about it. not you ready to get her on yeah <laughs> alright ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the show thanks for visiting as always today we have Miss Sadie Robertson on and Sadie how are you doing today I'm doing great it's a beautiful day so no complaints here in Louisiana it is a beautiful day. Kind of, we should have, should have done this it's outside. A beautiful Wizard, day next Texas. time when the weather's like this, you need to set this up outside. Even more beautiful day because we're in Texas. I know you're living in Louisiana, <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe one day we'll get you over to the promised land. I, I married us into a Cajun family. Now you got you to gotta look. And Willie and I are close, so it's like we got sucked in there. <laughs> All right, Sadie, here's what we're going to do, man. We're really excited about having you on the program. We're going to start everything out like we normally do with the Mad Minutes, kind of some random questions we're going to throw at you to get the old – Brain power kicked up a notch. Morgan and I are going to alternate coming at you. And then after that, we're going to get into your greatest never quit story. You ready for this? Sounds great. All right, here we go. All right, I'll start out, darling. So would you rather be a pro athlete, a rock star, or an actor? Oh, definitely a pro athlete. And, uh, that's what I'm talking about. All right, what? so which one? I got You got to embellish a little bit. Go on. Give me some depth. Oh, I would probably want to be a professional tennis player. That would be awesome. Play at Wimbledon, play at the U.S. Open. Me and Serena could be best friends. I can see that. I can totally see that. 
All right, favorite superhero. Oh man, I'm not good at this. Probably Spider Man. Does that count? Spider-Man? That's a great Ooh, answer. Why didn't anybody ever say Captain America? Because we had one. Ma- we already. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus's favorite superhero is uh, Spider Man. So you, I guess, I guess you're showing the love. All right, I got one for you. <laughs> what is one of your bucket list items that you have not accomplished in your young little life yet? <laughs> well, this is like such a cliche answer, but I, this is true. I really do want to go skydiving. I always have, and I'm hoping to do it this year for my birthday. So we'll see if I can mark that off the list. Yeah, I think we know some people probably help you out with that too. Oh, yeah. if, you, if you that's too easy, want to right go there. that bad? Yeah, if you don't get that done with the family, give us a call. We'll take you. We got a bunch of buddies that are. Uh, Depending on if you want to go tandem or... Yeah, dead serious. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, we actually have connections in that one. You have to run that past your daddy. <laughs> there ain't no way I'm throwing you out of an airplane without your daddy's permission. Just, I'm just putting that out right now. <laughs> All right, what was your first car? First car... Well, actually, I'm going to say right now I'm in my favorite vehicle family has, and that's our Bronco. It's a 91, and it's... Very red. It's very beautiful. I like that. All right. So coming from a yeah, family from Louisiana, what is uh, a big hunting family, obviously? What's your favorite? What's your weapon of choice? Weapon of choice? Oh, man. Probably, this is a good one. Maybe a crossbow. <laughs> nice answer. Nice answer. Like crossbow, nice answer. Double All right. Real, a movie character you'd like to play out in real life? Hmm. That's hard. Probably the dog in, in the movie Up. <laughs> I wouldn't have got that Original one. answer on that one, too. <laughs> All right, brother. Uh, great job. No, those are great answers. That Absolutely. Awesome. That's the whole concept behind it, man. Just whatever crops up in there, you throw out. So, again, it's a pleasure to have you here, and we're, we're really excited about it, man. We've been watching you grow up and your career kind of blossom, so we're excited to get you on here. And what our listeners like, what they come here for is they come here to hear about people who are successful in life and kind of how they did it. Because all of us, in, in some way, have a never-quit moment, right? Something that that separates us from those who fail uh, to those who don't. So as successful as you are, I'm sure you've had a lot of moments where, I mean, it, it got real tough and you wanted to stop and with your family with you and everybody backing you up, man. You're just such an inspiration. If you could, if you could take the time and just tell us about your greatest never quit story. Well, I appreciate that. I think for me, there's been a lot of moments and to be honest with y'all, and I don't think that a lot of people know this about me, but uh, there's been a lot of moments that I've definitely wanted to, to quit or to just stop or just live a normal life. And um, I don't know. I've had a lot of those like fear driven moments because for a long time, I just was like totally a slave to fear. Like everything I did was, it was always like fear would answer the question if I was going to do something or not, or or if I was going to take an opportunity or not. And a lot of people do know this part of my story, but the first time I got asked to be on dance with the stars, I totally turned them down. I was like, no way. I could not do that. Um, and my mom kind of encouraged me to do it. And she said, no, you should do it. And so, and so I did. And, mm-hmm. But you would think that after doing that, I would have conquered this giant of fear and just went on and been like, okay, I did it. But it was actually not the case. I, I kind of got through that one and just realized that it was becoming a pattern in my life. So after that, I remember wanting to just completely be a normal kid, just go to college, just wanted to delete all Instagram. And I didn't let anybody know my face. And about right after that, at the same time, I got a call from Winter Jam, which is the biggest Christian tour in the country. 
and uh, and they asked me to be the speaker on it. Well, at the time, I wasn't speaking. I was, that was not like even something I had thought to do or anything like that. And mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, that that's pretty cool of an opportunity, but I don't know. That seems pretty scary. I'd have to take off some of my senior year and go and talk in front of a lot of people, which can be a little bit, you know, that can be kind of scary sometimes. And, and so I remember that was like one of those other moments. My mom was like, you need to do it. And I didn't want to do it. And so I said, okay, okay, I'll go. I'll go. So I went out and honestly, to be completely honest with y'all, I did, I did a terrible job. Like <laughs> I was so bad. Like I was so awkward. I was like the worst speaker ever. And well, I was probably, like, probably oh, just your own, your own, you're probably your own critic right there. I probably, you probably did a great right, job. Right. In my head, I just thought it was that. Like, I honestly, when I got out there, I asked him if we could just do a Q&A. I was like, can we just do a Q&A? Because the question and answer is a lot easier. All I have to do is answer the questions. And so it wasn't, it wasn't the best and whatever. And so then I thought, okay, well, that just didn't go well. Um, but it's okay. Like, But I, I realized that I actually did kind of like speaking. And I really did like to be, I was like, this is a cool opportunity to be an example to a lot of people. But... I just, in my mind, I thought, wow, like, I've lost the opportunity. I, I screwed it up, you know? Like, thousands and thousands of people just saw me not do a great job and whatever. And so, uh, a year later, for the whole year, I kind of was just, like, set on that. But no, I was like, I don't want to, like, just think that I ruined this. And so, I kind of started training for a year. I was like, God, like, I want, I do want to do this. Like I do want to become a speaker and, and I feel like I can, but like only through what you can do in my heart and how you can change me. And I'm a 19 year old girl. So that's not really heard of a lot to be a speaker, but I was like, I just felt like there was a reason why I have the following that I do. And there's a reason why God uh, had put me in this place. And I, I realized that I was completely just taking advantage of it and completely just, throwing it away because I was scared and I was putting this all on myself. So for the mm. past year, I kind of trained in that. And then Winter Jam, of all things, asked me back to go on this 46-city tour. And I was just, like, so excited. And literally not even an out to fear came through my mind. And so I got to take a few months to prepare for that. And then I actually just got done as of two days ago. And it was just crazy because it was like the first time I get asked, I totally didn't want to do it. I was so afraid. I literally did not do a great job. And and uh, honestly, a lot of people kind of made fun of me that first year. And, and then going away from that and just kind of sitting on that and being like, you know what? No, like I can do this. And so kind of training my mind to rethink the, the position that I was able to be in. And this past three months, being able to go out and speak and do something that is just like such a amazing experience and meet so many people was so cool and I remember the last day of tour about three days ago we were all able to kind of share our story and just kind of thank thank people for coming out and I was able to tell that story and I just thanked them so much for giving me another chance when one I did not give them any reason to believe in me and then for two um just kind of encouraging me the whole way through even when they knew I was afraid and when they knew I wasn't confident because of them now, like, I'm like, it doesn't bother me anymore. I'm not afraid. So I know it kind of seems like a smaller scale story, but. No, no. Look, they do look up to you because uh, they, they were there. All right. They're there to see you. And you got to understand it, it takes a long time to develop the skills to become a speaker. I mean, you, 
ultimately that's a that's kind of a life thing at 19 years old yes you've had an amazing life and you, and you also grew up behind the camera which is difficult in itself we can talk about that in a little bit but i mean you learned how to to harness your fear it's always still there i i have an absolute phobia of jumping out of airplanes it never went away no matter how many times my brother took me up how many times we did it i it's always there and what you learn how to do is you learn how to it, it's just you have the techniques to deal with that problem that gives you the fear mm-hmm. being afraid is completely different right that'll that'll shut you down but your ability to harness your fear at that age and get up on the, on a stage in front of a lot of people because apparently public speaking is one of the biggest fears most people have i mean so much so that they're afraid in the audience right have you ever been sitting somewhere and get embarrassed while somebody's doing something and, and, <laughs> yeah, and, right. and you know what I'm talking about? and they don't, they don't even Absolutely. notice it but unfortunately and fortunately you live in a world where everybody has an opinion and they can also send it to you and don't ever let anybody's perception you become your reality i mean you're a fantastic uh young lady and you come from a great family so what you're doing is you're inspiring people through your capabilities of harnessing that fear and getting up on that stage and and continuing to push on to different uh things in your life so yeah so let's take a i mean looking back starting back when just starting out on the show i'm sure i'm sure that was nerve-wracking and then pushing through your career now your young career at that and you you really pinged on it hard about being you know being having fear of public speaking and then you had some people making fun of you so can you Tell, I mean, for our younger listeners, how did you, what steps did you take to get past that and persevere through that? I know, I know your, you know, your spirituality and your, and your religion is a hard, is, 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 is a base thing that you base everything off of. Is there other steps that you could take for those young, those young men and women out there that want to do something, but fears keeping them down maybe? Yeah. I think for, for me, it was like a matter of just doing it. Like, Sometimes you just have to do it afraid a little bit. And I know that kind of sounds funny, but for me, it was so at Winter Jam, there's this ramp that you have to run up. And when you get, you know, you can hide backstage for a minute and it's all quiet. And then as soon as you run up that ramp, there's about 30,000 people in the audience that are about to get crazy and then wait to hear a speech that you're about to do. And for me, I knew that was going to happen every time, but, um, Every time it was almost like this picture in my head of like that ramp was like the the thing I had to get past. And so when I would run up, I was like, okay, I made it. Like I made it to the other side. Now I'm good. And so I think some things you just have to like say, all right, this is what I have to get past. And like, I'm good. And once you make it, like you're there, like you're doing it, like you're doing what you know, uh, you know how to do. And whenever you're able to have that confidence in your heart and in who you are, and if you know that's what you're supposed to do, even though that fear is in the back of your mind, it's, it's almost like you can't help but like smile, you know, you can't help but be like kind of proud of yourself in a way. Um, when you get over that first leap or that first giant in front of you. But for me, of course, my faith is what I will credit (laughs) to getting me through it all. There's this verse that I hang on to for people that turn to the Bible and it's in Hebrews and it says, so then do not forget your confident trust that you have in the Lord for that will be richly rewarded. And for me, I kind of held on to that. I was like, all right, God, like I literally can't do this by myself. So just do it for me. And, and there was a lot of times where I just kind of felt uh, he carried me through whenever he called me to it. And so mm-hmm. for me, of course, I'm going to say that because that's totally what I believe. But then for those of you who may not, for me, it was just a matter of getting over that giant and getting over that ramp. And after I was there, I kind of felt like that was like my safe place. Hey, look, I mean, what you described is something exactly the same as what fighters go through when they're walking in, down the ramp into the ring. I mean, that's the... It, that's the buildup and as soon as the first punch is thrown or as soon as that first word comes out of your mouth you said you get that little grin yeah what 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 follows fear is a peaceful calm and you 
your body can't help but to smile a little bit. So that's how you know that you've achieved, you know, you've kind of that, that fear base that was keeping you back. You just passed through that threshold. Yeah. Bottom line, Mark, like Mark's, Mark's now when we were younger, one thing our parents always told us, don't ever be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd be willing to bet something along those lines came out of your mom and daddy's mouth. Yeah, we do it fantastically get, in, in the yeah, public. I mean, love to fail. Yeah. I mean, fall flat on my face epically. <laughs> Even when I was still in the military and I was um, a platoon commander, I would always, if, they, if something would come up that nobody would volunteer for, just be, the sheer fact of falling flat on your face, I was always the first one to do it because I wouldn't. Uh, number one, I wasn't afraid to fail. And then that would show them, hey, look, it's okay to fail because you get back up and just don't fail again. You know, yeah. keep trying. Don't make the same mistakes twice. But, you, you know, if you never, if you never take, if you're risk adverse and you never want to get out and try something new because you're totally afraid of it, you, you, you're never going to make anything of yourself. Yeah, I mean, perfect. You win, with, you win with style and you can lose with style, right? If you're out there and you're putting everything you had into it, right? And you do fall down, man, get up and... If you're the first one that cracks a grin, then usually everybody else will. Yeah. Usually the emotion, even if it's if it's different in the beginning, right as soon as whatever comes off of you is what's going to resonate through that crack, no matter what. Just like you say, say own it, right? You own that mistake and, and, and never be afraid to, you know, fess up and, and say, yeah, I sure did that, but I learned, this is what I learned from that. And then push forward just like you're doing. I, 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 I want to look back. So when you had the little, you had small little, little roles on, um, Doug Dynasty, but when you got into, when you finally pulled the trigger mm-hmm. on Dancing with the Stars, everybody's watching. I, I mean, did the butterflies go away when you started dancing or it was just, because you went all the way to the finale. So it's, it's kind of funny and this kind of speaks to like, don't be afraid to fail because I think, and a lot of times whenever I fail, it's one of, um, it's something that I kind of like. People say, are you that you're gonna like mess up in the spotlight and honestly i'm like well that's what makes me human and i think that that's what makes people be able to relate to me because i'm not any i'm literally the same and so there's been a lot of times even whenever speaking it's like the moments that i kind of like hiccup or mess up those are the times that everybody laughs and you're like oh okay she's human too so it's all good and it kind of speaks to other people that hey you can do this too because because we all mess up at times and for dance with the stars there was this one dance towards the end and Mark and I were very fortunate and we thank all of our fans for this, for bringing us all the way to the end. But there was, it was almost, I think it was the quarter finals and we were doing this dance. And up till then I was doing good. Like I hadn't messed up once. And that day I completely forgot the last half of my dance. And so I was literally just spun circles and sang in my head, la, 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 la. It was like terrible. <laughs> Whatever and, works, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, it worked. It was hilarious. It, that was the first time of the season that we had gotten all 10. And I think nice. that that just kind of like speaks to fear. It's like, sometimes it's like the very thing that you're afraid of that you just have to get past. And then you survive and you're like, Hey, it's okay. Like you failed, you messed up. And then, and then you got through, like, you're okay. You made it like you're good. And so sometimes like that in itself breaks the fear is failing and is that mess up. And for me, after I messed up, I was like, Oh, okay. That wasn't so bad. I got through it. I made it to the next week and, and we were all good. And that was a small example, but it honestly helped me a lot of times in other things in life that I was afraid of. I'm like, Hey, look, I messed up. It's okay. I made it to the next day and I made it to tomorrow. And so I think that, uh, speaking on it, it's okay to fail. Don't be afraid to fail. Sometimes that's how you get over your fear is doing the thing that you were so afraid of and actually not really doing great. At it. Well, I, I, hey, if, yeah, if, congratulations. If, if it was 
Yeah, congratulations on on how far you went. And let me tell you something: if everyone was perfect, or if you danced perfect, they couldn't have a show, right? It's it, right. it revolves around something that not only is almost impossible to do for most people, but at nineteen, like you, yeah, at, or, so wait, eighteen. How old were you when you were in the show? I was seventeen. Oh, okay, so let me tell you, I mean, you can imagine what Marks and I were doing when we were 17. We weren't on Dancing with the Stars, like I promise you that. And when we messed <laughs> up, there was probably a few people watching, right? Normally in, in most people's lives, there's only a few people watching when you do something completely ridiculous. Having to have a camera phone out, whatever. I mean, the fact, never sell your courage short with the fact that you went on national television in front of millions of people to do something that gave you uh, a lot of fear and... I, that's that's bravery. I mean, that's that's what constitutes bravery. And no matter, I mean, what you do for a living, it's that ability to step up there when you're afraid, and it makes you a great leader. Eventually, yeah, sure does. What's I mean, Dancing with the Stars. Where, where are you at right now? Where are we talking to you at? Well, so right now, like I said, I just got finished with this three month tour, and it was so awesome. I got to go out and be in front of a lot of people, meet a lot of people, and now that's kind of what I'm going to continue doing is. Speaking a lot this summer, and then I have my own tour, which is the Live Original Tour, and that will go out this fall. And so, yeah, just kind of going around and speaking, and it's crazy. Like, it's so funny to even say that, because I would have just never, ever put myself to do that. But I'm so thankful for it and having a blast doing it all. Well, I think it's important for people to know that that you also do this, right? I mean, this is your career, but, I mean, you it's summertime. And I know my wife, she travels with y'all on the mission trips. I mean, you... It's kind of a, a a give and take with what you do in life. I mean, you give so much to everybody, and the rewards are in plain sight, I would think. What's the next big trip you got planned, Freddie? Yeah, we're actually going on a few mission trips this summer. I think we're going to Dominican Republic, which it's kind of fun to go back there because that's kind of where I feel like I grew up. They're like my brothers and sisters. We uh, built an orphanage there about seven years ago, and so we get to go and hang out with them. And it's like a second family in Dominican. And then... We're going to Zimbabwe as well to start another. So that's been, that's my passion in life is mission work. And it's so fun because the things that I do here um, help out with that and make us be able to go do that, that kind of stuff. So that's been just like a huge blessing. And yeah, Melanie, it has been so fun coming out with us. And we always feel extra safe when she's with us because she's like, don't uh, worry, Marcus well. won't let anything happen. <laughs> She was talking about that the other day. I mean, I literally have satellites shifted over on top of you guys just to keep an eye on everything. Uh, that was hilarious. That was awesome. I got a question for you, Sadie. So all, all this mission work and the places that you've been, the things that you've seen, you obviously have a different perspective on things, especially seeing the things that you've seen in the countries that most people don't get to visit ever in their entire life, especially at your young age. Yeah, at the age you are to see what you see. That's a good point. You have any like important takeaways you could talk about, or something you can, like if you wanted to pass some some knowledge off to the younger, even the older generations, saying, "Hey, look, you know, you live in America. We're kind of sheltered to the things." Mark's and I are fortunate, and the Wizard, we're kind of fortunate enough to have traveled along along the same lines you have, and some other places, and seen some things that you've seen. Yeah, I think that for me, because of because of traveling a lot, and and not just out of country, but even in country. I think um, something that I realized is like this things that truly are what are most important and that are going to fill you up. And for me, I found like that's family, that's community, that's, that's giving that these type oh, yeah. of things. And whenever I'm able to like 
go out and do all these things at the same time, knowing that, Hey, like my family is always going to be most important. Like giving is always going to be most important. So going back to that. So like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes we prioritize items or we prioritize, um, our job or we prioritize the success or whatever, but those are things that don't really fill your spirit. And those are things that don't really fill your soul. And so I think always finding the balance of that for me, uh, I know we've been talking about dancing with the stars, but this is one of the best examples I can give. But towards the end, of course, there's this mirror ball trophy. And um, I think that a lot of times in life, we we look for the trophy and we look for that that item that will give us that success or that, that happiness or whatever. And, and a lot of times we think, okay, like that's get it. That's what we want. That's what we need. And then sometimes we get that and then we realize, okay, it didn't fill us up or sometimes we don't get it and then it crushes us. And I think for me, um, I realized in that moment and, and coming in second, like never prioritize the trophy and never prioritize that thing that, that, that you think is going to give you the happiness or you think that's going to give you that because all these things are temporary and they're worldly and that doesn't really fill your spirit. And so for me, finding that in my family, finding that in my face, finding that and the beauty that I've been able to see around the world and, and stuff like that, that's what kind of energizes me. And I know it's kind of a funny thing, but I think that for high schoolers especially and for college kids, um, we we always are looking for that next level and that next trophy or that win or that success or that job. And mm-hmm. whenever you put all your eggs in that basket, a lot of times you realize, wow, now I have that and I'm emptier than I've ever been. And so yeah, I think well said. Sometimes we have to take a step back and look at what our trophy is or what our, what our eyes are on. And it's hard, you know, sometimes, especially in America, there, we have all these things that are kind of shallow, you know, that are kind of, that we think is, is huge deal, but it's not. And so I would just sure. say to people my age that that's not the gold and that's not the trophy. And if, if you're realizing that, or if you've already, if you're already lost, you're already crushed, like take a step back and just like open your eyes to see, and uh, a lot of times my prayer is just that I will have wide eyes um, just to great. see, like, the bigger picture in life um, because it's huge. And, and we're growing up in this generation where a lot of things are changing right before our eyes and a lot of things are kind of getting twisted and upside down. And just keeping our head on straight is so important. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that, that you're, you're right. The trophies and everything, that it, it's easy to get wrapped around at that age. But what they are, they're symbols of your journey in life. I mean, what you've accomplished, and it's kind of a stepping stone of what's pushing you uh, the most rewarding part about a trophy is the journey getting there. I mean, even yeah. if like for you, I bet you for you, Sadie, the, 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 what you took away from dancing with the stars the most and, the, and you got all the way to the finale, but just the process of getting there, all, working with all the people that you worked with, your partner that you got to dance with, interacting with everybody that looking back, that's probably all the most of the majority of things that you remember. Oh, absolutely. And that's what I always tell people. I feel like I won. Like sometimes I forget that I, that I came in second because of the, the victory that was won in my heart. Because one, I was able to begin my step of overcoming fear. And I was able to begin finding who I was and the confidence I was, I'm in. And, and the, the thing is, it's like in finding your confidence in a place like that, it's not because what people say or anything like that. Cause a lot of times you do get negative comments, but you truly have to step away and like find out who you are in like that situation. And so in all those ways, I just felt so much victory. And so I'm like, no, I totally won that because like I won for my heart and like, <laughs> and in my life, it was the best thing that could have happened to me. Absolutely. Well, then you, yeah, you Absolutely. did win. 
that's yeah, that's considered a win. If it makes you feel like that, the hard work and everything that you put into it, the the place that somebody else puts you in, that doesn't make you who you are. You nailed that exactly right. I, you did say something though about uh, you do get some mean comments. I know when 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 we were younger, man, people say hurt, uh, hurtful things. Man, it it hits you. It hurts. It does. It makes you feel bad. And uh, you have any advice for kids who are who are receiving some of that? Yeah, we didn't even have social media. Yeah, no. Definitely. There's a lot of, there's definitely always going to be a comment. And for me, uh, my mom would always tell me, you know, Sadie, like, what your job in your life is to do is to guard your heart. And as much as you can do that, do it. And so even in school, she would say, look, if you know somebody's going to come up and say something, walk, like, literally walk away, which is, like, so awkward, but it's, like, so (laughs) worth it. And for me, like, honestly, right now I'm doing a social media cleanse. I don't. I kind of like deleted my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, all that. And and because I just need to just step away. And it's not, and a lot of times it's not negative comments. It's good comments that you have to guard yourself from you too. Because, <laughs> you know, your head can get too big for yourself. And you, it, it can, and it can mess you up. And so both ways, I think you have to guard your heart and your mind and, and you know, knock yourself back down to reality or or at the same time, whenever they bring you down, there's a, there's a healthy way of getting back. And so for me... I think, like I spoke to earlier, like knowing, knowing who you are, and a lot of times people are like, "Well, how do you know who you are?" And and that doesn't come from anything on the outside; doesn't come from the things that you do, but it literally comes from like your heart. Like if you don't know who you are, I think that's the best time to step away from every way of finding it in the world and like find it in who you are. So I always tell people they're like oh man, social media is so hard. It's making me so sad. People comment and then people are, I get so insecure and I'm like, well then delete it. (laughs) It's not your world. Like delete it. Skip a day and don't, don't read it. Yeah. Put your cell phone down for a little bit and turn off the computers. How's that? I mean, as a 19 year old young lady where social media is everything at your age, how's that working out for you? It's actually, so I just started it. So I can't speak too much, but (laughs) like today, so far, (laughs) (laughs) It's just been so great, and I've I've been so excited to do it because you're right. As a 19 year old, that's what everybody's doing, and of course, it's it's sometimes going to be hard. We're all going to be at the table, and everybody's going to be on Instagram, and that's okay. But I've already realized how much more time I have, and like to, like I always think, well, I'm so busy, or whatever. Like I don't have time to do anything. Well, I didn't even realize how much time, even before I go to bed, or even when I wake up, or, that I was consuming myself with. Something so insignificant because, like, I was missing life while mm-hmm. looking at other people's mm-hmm. life. Like, it's just the most interesting thing. And, of course, there's beauty to both sides, and I don't want to bash social media. It's been a, a huge platform for me, and it's been a great way to connect. But there there definitely is a way that you go too far with it. And for me, I felt like I was kind of sliding on that edge a little bit too far. And so I was like, I just got to get away. And uh, so I've been kind of trying to encourage people and that too at my age. Like, listen, if you have to get away, just get away. Because we complain sometimes and we get hurt sometimes. But then we just sit on it because we think, well, that's what everybody does. It, it doesn't have to be. And so. Um, it's almost like sometimes kids get anxiety when they have to get away from their social media. Yeah. No, but you, you nailed that. It's that. That's that balance. I mean, and for you to, to figure that out. And such, you are such an influence to, to so many people that, I mean, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be one of those things when you got off social media, they ha- they posted that, that that was a problem. Maybe they should take a break, too. It's, it, I mean, if they truly follow you, exactly. like, like they sh- you know what I'm talking about? It's like, all right, she needed one. Maybe I need one, too. And and that's if you're going to if you're going to lock into it that deep, guys, if you're really uh, 
that enamored with what everyone's doing. If they take a break, you take one too. I mean, if you, if you had to do it that way, but that's, that's smart. I mean, to unplug like that and, and step away. My favorite is when people uh, have their phones out and they're videoing the rock concerts or the concerts. Instead of, yeah. instead of watching, paying all the, paying all the money to go there yes. and then they video and they're not looking watch at, it on YouTube. Your phone. Yeah, and you're not going to watch it ever again and then you probably can't see it anyhow, right? Because the dude <laughs> in front of you, you didn't, that cracks me up. I mean, Mel gets on me all the time about that. Take pictures with your eyes, man, so it'll always be burned into your memory so you don't have to shuffle through a bunch of pictures. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I think if everybody else has, is, I think if somebody else had, they had something else to take up their time like you do, Sadie. Most people are like, I was like, I ask a kid, what, hey, what's your hobby? I, I, I'm on Snapchat. What do you do when you're on Snapchat? <laughs> uh, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of those things that started it for me is like the, the wanting to do a cleanse. I was actually in this, I was doing a signing line in, I can't remember what it was. It was one of the nights at Winter Jam. And this girl came up to me. And, you know, most people, they'll look and they'll say, hey, I'm so-and-so. We'll have like a, a small moment. It's, it's that. Well, this girl had never even looked me in the face. She just said, I'm just here for the selfie. Well, she turns around and takes the selfie. And she, because she's so focused on her on herself and how she looked, I wasn't even in the picture, which is, like, hilarious. Oh, so she awesome. literally said, I'm here for the selfie. She got a selfie. And then I thought, wow, like. That is so sad that that's what our generation is becoming, so obsessed with the selfie that they miss the moment. Don't that's, they call, that's, that's heavy. Don't they call selfies lonelies? <laughs> that, is that true? Yeah. I, I heard comedians like, yeah, you know what I call selfies? I call them lonelies. <laughs> yeah. I got a question for you, Sadie. So you, you're, you're out. You're, you're, you're an adult now. Give, give, a, give, us some, give our listeners some advice. What has what is Sadie Robertson learned in her tenure on this planet that... Uh, other people need to know. Okay. So I think this is actually, this, this goes back to my faith too. And I know I talk about my faith a lot, but it literally is how, it's how I live. And that's, as Tim Phil says, this is just what we know. And, and, uh, so this is kind of how I had to say it. But for me being 19 and being a speaker and stuff like that, and like that as my job now, it's funny because there's a lot of things in that, that, don't really make sense. I was like, it, it's a crazy, it's a, not many people are doing it, you know, but, but that's okay. And there's this verse in the Bible and it says, wisdom does not come from age, but it comes from the breath of the almighty. And so for me, I kind of had to hang on to that because I barely even graduated high school. You know, I'm not. So, so a lot of times it's that thing like, am I even, am I even qualified to do this? And then um, for me, I found that, you know, that God qualifies you and God, God equips you and you don't have to be a worldly qualified for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not qualified at all, but now and doing the things I'm doing, I've been able to relate to so many girls my age and so many guys my age and, and in different ways that a lot of people wouldn't think of. Like, I think for me, it's been a cool position to be in in the spotlight because I've kind of been able to shift a lot of people's mindset on on being just human because a lot of times when I first stepped in the spotlight I thought I don't know if I'm I'm qualified I'm not like one of the perfect Kardashian girls I'm not like one of the perfect like you know all these people who perfect as in perfect as in the as in the way that the world says that they look as in the makeup as in the the image that they present and then I realized that's not what the world needs for me that's the world needs somebody who's going to be human, that's going to relate, that's going to get me to love someone that's going to say, no, 
I struggle. I went through a breakup. I, I struggle with fear. I struggle with anxiety. And this is why I'm able to walk away confident because I have wide eyes and I see the bigger picture. And, and um, so I think that it's been such a blessing to be able to do that. And I hope that that encourages a lot of young people. And um, it's been cool to see a lot of people come out of their business and, and it become their strength um, because of the confidence that they find. And so it's just been such a good journey. And I'm just like unbelievably blessed. And even just talking about you, I'm like, I can't believe that this has been able to happen. I remember being a little girl and praying for God to give me one person to be able to influence. I never would have imagined it would be millions, but gosh, it's been, it's been a crazy journey and it's been um, super, super awesome. Well, you've handled it well. And you answered that question. I, I tell you, uh, what, well, I'll tell you the biggest thing. I want the biggest things I was, I had the utmost respect for you for, is how grounded you are given your status, given your fame. And I know that goes into your faith and I know that goes into great parenting. So kudos to you. I just want to throw that out because you throw out, uh, you, you say everybody's beating you up and you're, you're kind of measuring you with the Kardashians. Let me tell you something. Um, don't sell yourself too short and thank you again. And just thank you for not acting like you probably and being yourself had the I mean, ability yeah, you to, didn't act. Have to do that. I mean, you didn't have the choice to grow up behind the camera. I mean, it was one of those things that was, it was right there in front of it. You could have gone e- either way with it, but you did, you tackled that one and it was one of your fears and you yeah. took it head on. But Hey, say seriously, thank you. I mean, you've, you've answered uh, all those questions, man. I know you're going to help a lot of people. I, I think it's we, what they'd like to know. I mean, they've followed you through your entire life. What's, what's next. I mean, just keep pursuing the same line that you're on there's so many opportunities coming at you and what you're capable of what do you think yeah well i guess thank you first of all for all that yeah my family's been uh definitely everything they've been a huge help for me and everything like that and just such a good team but i guess next i'm just continuing to speak and continuing to travel on tours like i said and um kind of dipping my toes in a few different things with, with movies and stuff like that but but that's all a little bit later to come so right now just continuing to go on the road and meet people and speak and that's what i love to do that's where my heart's at too so well that's, that's great yeah that's you keep following that dream and if you need anything from us on our end we'll um we're, we're gonna post up all your stuff on on if we're off social media how do we find yeah. you that's great that's a great point we <laughs> <Yeah>. can't do it <laughs> I'm not going to give out your email and phone number. <laughs> My names are they're on Instagram. I'm legit Sadie Rob, even though I'm on a fast right now. I'll be back soon. And then on Twitter, I'm Sadie Rob and YouTube, just Sadie Robertson. So, yeah. Hey, well, that just goes, I mean, if, if you, I mean, stepping away from, thanks for coming on the show. I mean, yeah, I know you, you didn't have to do that. And I know your schedule is so crazy. So we really, we really appreciate it, hon. And, and best to everybody. We love you. Tell everybody we said hello. Yes, I will. But thank y'all so much for having me. This is great. All right, we had enjoyed it. Take care. All right, All right, bye, y'all. Okay, bye-bye. I can only imagine. Well, once again, thank you for Sage for coming on and talking with us. Absolutely. She's amazing. I, I, feel, I feel less of a human being because it what she's accomplished at 19 and what she has the rest of her life to look forward to. And I'm just, and the, the, the takeaway on that one, I, I thought just to listen to her talk, man, and she, and because she is so young and she's so grounded, I think that's important too, man. And, and, and he hit and, that. She's like, I'm always in the spotlight, but then, right. Her family is grounded in faith. Her faith is her baseline, right? What we call it, you, you know, I refer to as our baseline, man. And I think it's important for e- e- 
people out there, if, if you if you don't have faith in in your life, or if you don't have a strong family, I mean, you find something that that you can hold on to, right? You anchor yourself to, right? Exactly. That's that's your baseline, man. That's your that's your power source, your catapult, man. And it just once you're grounded, and, and they can't push you past that, they can't break you past that point, man. And it's from there on out, it's just a step by step, just building and building and building until you accomplish what you want to uh, to achieve. And she's doing that at a young age, man. And it's all because of her faith. You could take a lot of a lot away of what she was saying because she, she said in the beginning of the interview that fear was her biggest adversary. And you know, guy, when, when people look at us coming out of the teams, you know, oh, you guys aren't scared of anything. You know, it, it's everything's easy to y'all. Well, that's not true. Well, that's yeah. not true at all. I would say I didn't even conquer my fears well well past where she's at. They had life lesson and what she's doing is. You're never too young to, to get out there, number one, and try something new, and don't be scared to fail. I'm still finding out my fears at that age, and and you're right because we we stayed in our comfort zone. Sure, exactly, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It wasn't until later on in life when you're like, dude, I like taking myself out of my comfort zone every every day. Right. Here I mean, she's been doing it since she was SEAL, a kid. What they do in SEAL training, and I kind of having to explain this a lot. I, in, in my opinion, what they do is they, and it's pretty amazing. Since our development, right? They teach us how to harness fear. Because every day you go in there, all the evolutions are set up and designed for us to fail, fail miserably, then get beat for it. And while we're getting beat, they ask us if we want more and if we want to stay. And you're like, yeah, sure. So you retrain your mind. The the fear is still there. I mean, even when we were kids, man, if you're getting picked on, even today, if something somebody steps us, I still have all the same emotions that I had back as a kid. All I What's different now is I know what to do about them. I know how to harness them. And I know how to handle the situation. And, and that's what life is. That's what it's teaching you. I mean, at, at this age, like I said, we're still finding ours out, man. And she, that's what she she's knew doing. What her biggest one was, yeah. was, by the way, happens to be one of the, the, the number one fears of every human is public speaking. Anyway, I love the fact that she stepped away from social media. I had the best, best time of my life was going on a point where a phone and computer didn't work. There's a there's an absolutely spiritual cleansing that goes on when you when you can when you're disconnected and I get it and I mean everybody wants to know something's going on but like she said there was so much time she spent she's like I didn't realize how much time I was spending on the computers and my phone and that this goes into my science background now it it is actually healthy for you to give your brain a break because if you're constantly Snapchatting tweeting. FaceTime, email, and texting, talking on the phone, and your brain is running 24-7, and these kids sleep with this stuff in like beside their bed, so when it pings in the middle of the night, they get up because they don't want to miss anything that's happening all the way on the other side of the world. I mean, take it, take, take some advice from a scientist, guys and girls, to give your brain a break and just turn that stuff off and just walk away from it for a little while. Well, let me ask you this. When, one of the things about... Plus, with the combine kids, when when you train, when you're training your body, right? When you're beating it down, you're you're having a mental shock as as well as a body shock. It's got to trying to catch up with what's going on. So right after you work out during your cool down, is that that's the time to clean your clear your head. If you fill it with something other than what you were just doing, it's the the right. mind. So if you want to yeah, exactly, so if you want that practice be, to become perfect practice, you need to almost go into a meditative state on the event. So kids can't do that because they're you're they filling with something else, right? Yeah, yeah. Whatever's going on, Snapchat or Snapchat. I mean, when your mind's supposed to be working on your body, fixing everything and figuring out what's going on, and, and your muscles are learning and adapting, so you do get better. Instead of you're actually filling it with something other than what it should be concentrating on. 
And I would imagine in the long run, it's going to be detrimental. But her being able to step away from social media, even especially who she is. I mean, a lot of people depend on her. I mean, she's at 19 years old, worked herself into a position to where people actually listen to what she says and, and, and kind of live by it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we talked about. Maybe, hopefully they'll say, if she's unplugging, maybe I need to as well. So, Sadie, thank you so much for coming out and visiting with us and giving us your never quit story. It's, it's definitely inspirational. And it, you really touch the hearts and minds of the, of, the, of the younger generation, which is extremely important because everybody out there needs to know that have the drive inside yourself to make something of yourself. God bless you. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to uh, my bro and the wizard for having me on the show again. Uh, God bless my, my wife and my two lovely children and my nieces and my nephews and my sister-in-law. And I'll pass it over to bro yeah, from bro. here. Thanks for doing this again, man. Sadie, thank you for coming on. That family here is Willie. I gotta, I'm, I'm going to thank you, brother, for blessing us with, uh, with your family and letting the world see how, uh, how you guys... Well, how you guys raise such wonderful children, man. I mean, it's a blessing to have Sadie on on this plant and motivate so many people. So thank y'all for that. Thanks for the wife, marrying me, to my friends, and um, for all you people keep coming back and, and listening to us. Truthfully, man, it is it is quite an honor. Thank you, and God bless. I'm out. I'm out.